welcome to 21st Century Vitalism. I'm your host, Brett Kane. You're tuning in to one of the first homie casts. So by that I mean um, we're going to be sitting down and talking with one of my really good friends that I hang out with on the regular. That's not why I'm having her. I mean, that definitely helps. But our guest today, Randy Ford, is an incredible painter who has found quite a good deal of success in the Grand Rapids region. Um, she serves the entire west side of Michigan and beyond through commission work, as well as just creating wonderful works that have been uh, hosted in uh, businesses and people's homes. Uh, she's overall just a really awesome human being who's very knowledgeable on how to actually make it in the art world, which is why I wanted to have her on here. So this is exciting for me because this will allow me to set up a new pillar of the show. So in the past four episodes, we've taken a lot of looks at fitness, um, maintaining a sense of flow within your life, uh, different um, healing modalities that help tune you to your body. We've talked about unpacking trauma and how to work through trauma and how on the other side of that, there is an expanded state of awareness. We've talked about looking at your genetics and finding healthy relationships with cannabis. Um, and today, uh, we're starting the next pillar, which is going to be having a right livelihood. A big part of what having vitality is, is that your internal and external world are in harmony. So in order for that to be a thing, you need to find yourself in situations and environments that support you on your individual journey. So what I love about Randy and her work is that she is a self-made human being who has followed her artistic inclinations to their most logical conclusion and she pays all of her bills with it and um, I think a lot of artists could really benefit from the conversation that we have in this we talk about her history as an artist her means of uh, getting inspiration and what she's trying to convey through her landscape pieces as well as just generalized tips on how to make it in the art field um, we talk a lot about her her yearly schedule and how she books all the different art fairs across the United or, not United States, but um, Michigan. And I think that there's a lot of nuggets of wisdom in here that a lot of people could really benefit from. So um, yeah, she's a wonderful human. I really suggest checking out her art. It will change the way you look at nature, quite literally. Um, I say it many times in this podcast, but everyone I know who has consumed her art always has some of the similar takeaways of seeing it in the natural landscapes that they find themselves in. And it's really exciting and uh, cool. So sit back and enjoy. Um, I'm thinking about some new format stuff. I'm thinking about ways to really expand the mythos of this show. I'm learning a lot. This is only the fifth episode, and I feel like I've been doing it for months. Um, so yeah, keep an eye out for the future episodes to just see some slight format changes. I, I think I have some new ideas on how to really synthesize all of the different episodes into one cohesive package of what vitality and wholeness is, which is what I want to ideally do with this show is create a comprehensive worldview that people can take parts of and feel inspired and um, find something that works for them, you know? So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Randy Ford to 21st Century Vitalism. All 
right, Randy, we are now live. Welcome to 21st Century Vitalism. How are we doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. This is uh, the first homie cast. Uh, so for people who don't know you or me, we are pretty decent friends. Um, and I definitely want to use this platform as a means to highlight some of my friends' work. So um, here you are. Uh, to start us off, we just had an excellent adventure up into the UP uh, at the Porcupine Mountains as well as Pictured Rocks. Um, it was a lot of fun to be able to spend a full week with you and David and Mike and Ben. And um, what I find really interesting about going out into spaces with you is for you, it's you're also working. Like you have fun and you're always connected, but it's interesting as we move through spaces watching you analyze things through the eyes of an artist. Um, so what is that like for you? Like, especially with this past week, like how do you find the ability to balance like being engaged with what's happening, but also like you're always looking for shots that you can turn into paintings. Like how, how's this past week been for that? And uh, yeah, where are you at with that? Yeah. Um, specifically that trip was a great trip for that. Um, there's a lot of different types of hiking trips that you can experience over the summers. And that one specifically was the style of trip that I like to have to gain my inspiration where it's more focused on hiking and exploring and just observing nature and its beauty. Um, you know, noticing all the, the color changes and the different life forms that show up along the trails. So I was really happy to have more friends on a trip like this and to experience that and a group that would want to explore in that way also because there's more, there's other types of trips where you can just camp at your campsite and hang out with friends, but that's not the type of trip where I can get like fully inspired for my paintings and for my work. So I have to specifically plan out a trip where it's focused on hiking lots of miles and seeing different types of landscapes and um, just kind of, you know, going to bed early and waking up early and focusing more on that. So it was great to have you guys come along and enjoy that since I usually plan one of those each year. And now we find the perfect type of group to do that type of thing. Yeah. And you definitely made it really easy to plug into that space of like waking up early. Cause like, and I feel kind of bad because like I didn't help really plan anything. And I kept asking you over and over, I'm like, Hey, what are we doing? <laughs> like travel guide, Randy, what's going on? But you really did have a sense of, like, you knew what you were doing in terms of, like, preparing and, like, you had all the spots already ready. Um, so, like, I was really appreciative. And it kind of showed me how to, like, do a trip like that. And for me, that's, like, that was a lot of fun. I liked the fact that we hiked nearly 30 miles, you know. Um, we did, like, a lot of different trails. You already had it, like, all mapped out. Like, yeah. Like, memorized. Yeah, kind of an idea. I had been to those places already, too, so I kind of knew what was happening yeah. there so and I'm a good at planning things I guess I plan a lot of things like going to different events and coordinating a lot of different um you know just things for different events and trips so I can kind of gauge what I'm trying to get done in those days and I wasn't trying to just make it focused on me like I felt like it was like it was just great to have you guys come along and enjoy that as well so yeah. Well, I mean, it wasn't necessarily like focused on you, but I do really appreciate the space that you brought to it because it 
caused a lot of, like, we'd have a lot of momentum moving in a direction. You'd be like, guys, wait, stop. And then it would cause us to, like, be more mindful of the space that we were in. And then watching you get the shots that you were getting, it was like kind of seeing the world through your eyes a little bit. At least it was for me. And that's just such an honor to be able to be a part of that process. And you, you did say that you have been there before, and I didn't realize this when we were in the Porcupine Mountains, that you had that artist residency there. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because that cabin you showed us was incredible. What was that entire thing about? Yeah, so a few years ago, I did the Porcupine Mountains Artist in Residence Program. There's a lot of different artists in residence programs around uh, the world. A lot of them you have to pay for. Um so there'll be a fee and you can go stay at different artists and residencies. But then the national parks have their own programs as well where you can apply and they're very competitive to get into. Um, most of the national parks have those. And um, so this one was actually created by the DNR. It's, was a, it's a state park. It's not a national park. So that's a little bit different than the usual um, parks. So this one, I was just, someone suggested me to apply to it because um, it was more local and I don't think as well, as well known. Now it is. I've seen a lot of people applying to that and posting about like going to it. Um, so at the time, I had never done an artist in residence before and this one wasn't too far away. So I was excited about it. I had never been there before. Um, it was in, up in the Upper Peninsula, only about nine hours away. So I was like, this is perfect. Um, at that time I didn't have any animals to take care of also. So, um, the two week experience there was fine for me to take advantage of. Um, and also I was working full time as an artist at this time as well. So I didn't have to take off work either. So I just kind of planned that to be my experience for two weeks. And then, um, went there and just had a really great time exploring and connecting with the people that ran the program. And um, also we were supposed to um, give like a talk there too and connect with the people at the park. So being there alone when I was like going on hikes, I connected with a lot of different people on the trails. Um, I also gave a demo at the, um, they had this little music festival there called the Porcupine Mountains Music Festival that just um, aligned at the same time I was there. And I really like music and music festivals also. So this was like perfect for me to be able to do a demo there. So I just painted like a little uh, landscape painting on site and people came up and I kind of explained my process. And um, also connected with some artists, vocal artists from Grand Rapids too that were playing there at the music festival that was all like local Michigan artists playing at that art uh, music festival. So that was really cool too. It wasn't a large music festival. There was about maybe like 500 people there, Um, but it was really intimate and sweet and nice. So really enjoyed that time there. Yeah. It's, Interesting to hear you talk about it because I saw the cabin that you were staying at and um, there was another artist there when we were there, but it was absolutely beautiful. Like those entire mountains are maybe some of the prettiest landscapes I've ever seen. I'm a little nervous to even talk about them because I don't want like an influx of people and then like to like lose its natural splendor. Yeah, but sh- maybe what we should you be say talking was, about like, this. <laughs> yeah, right. This wasn't in the upper peninsula of Michigan. No, we're talking about Missouri. Um 
So what were some of like the challenges, if there were any, for staying two weeks? Like it was a pretty isolated space, you know? It, I imagine like if you're there alone, like it could be maybe a little spooky. I was out there at night and there was a few moments where I was like, ooh, I don't know if I should be here. You know? Yeah, but, it was kind of spooky. I um, I basically just stayed in the cabin like at nighttime. It was kind of scary to go out at night. I did get used to it. There was just a few times where I got a little spooked when there was a mouse in the like outhouse that I was supposed to um, use. Oh, it was no. like in the vault. It was like a composting toilet that they have for that cabin where mm -hmm. it's like weird technology where they compost it and you put like sawdust in it and stuff. And um, anyways, there was just a mouse hanging out inside of it. And so anyways, that spooked me. I was like, there's these really, when we were there <laughs> camping, we saw those mice too. They were like pretty big yeah. and had big eyes and yep. were very like um, not afraid too. So yeah, they were, they were gutsy. One bounced off of uh, your partner's head while he was laying on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was, got in the van and, oh man, that was, yeah, they were, they were all up in our campsite. So I can't imagine being alone and having to deal with that. Um, do you think that like being immersed in nature for that long without the outside influence, do you think that affected your process um, of painting? Well, yeah, well there, I, um. I did, I did paint a good amount while I was there. Um, you know, two weeks, like larger pieces take me about two weeks to complete, two to three, maybe sometimes four weeks to complete, depending on the size. Um, so it was, I was only able to make smaller pieces while I was there. So usually I would go out and hike. So it was doing more like a plein air painting style, um, which I used to do that when I first started painting and learning how to paint. I would go outside hike in nature and make a little painting on scene of the um, landscape just because um, it's a little different working from pictures when you're like actually outdoors. Um, also, it's not, you don't have as much time to complete the pieces as well. So mm -hmm. um, usually I usually would work smaller. So when I was there, I was mostly doing these plein air paintings outside on different hiking trails. Um, which it takes a while to kind of like hike around, find the the perfect spot. And there's so many spots, you know, that you could paint. Yeah. Um, that's kind of why I've yeah. started to take photographs um, because I'm able to get so many different shots of the trail and then I can take them back in my studio and work on them from the photographs and kind of like have time to not just work directly from the scene I'm seeing, but I can kind of add things and, develop them more so that it's more of a comp the image is more compositionally uh, stronger. So anyways, so I was there, I just did smaller ones and it rained a lot when I was there too. So I was able to kind of hang out around the cabin area on the porch and paint off of there. And just, I painted a lot of scenes of the area around my cabin. Um, so that was just really nice to do that. And so mostly I just did a few small pieces. I donated one to the park. That's kind of like the deal there is it's a free space for you to stay in, but um, you donate a piece and give a talk. And um, and then I did different hikes and took photographs. And um, I made a large body of work from those photographs that I took there, um, about eight paintings I created, large scale and small scale. And I had those in art prize in Grand Rapids the following year. So I showed those at 
during Art Prize, and um, I also showed those at my art fairs and sold many of those through my art fairs. And then I also showed them at, had my own solo show at La Fonse Galleries too with those pieces as well. So um, that, that was kind of a great experience for me because the body of work that I made from that experience, I showed many places and it was one of my strongest bodies of work, I think. So. Wow. Yeah. And it was really cool for you. Cause like, I'm pretty familiar with your work. We've been friends for a while. So I've been pretty plugged in and it was really cool to like have you point out the exact spot where we were standing. You're like, this is that piece that I did. It was really cool to see how you capture the essence of a place. And that's something that everybody that I talk to who's seen your work says is like you capture the the character, like the spirit of a place so well. And literally everyone who's connected to you at this point, even when you're not there, will be observing some beautiful natural phenomenon where like this looks like a randy painting yeah like literally like everybody who is connected to you and i think that that's like a testament to the quality of your work because you do capture something that is it's almost timeless yeah you know thank you do you think that um you have more confidence in your when you take a picture and then you're working from the picture or do you think that there is something about the plain air painting style that maybe adds a little bit something like what do you think about that dynamic and um is there a benefit to the plain air um i don't know i think i have had some really strong pieces come out of my plain air paintings but they are usually again like smaller pieces i don't think it really they're better i would say um, because when I'm in my studio, I can take time to, to like focus on the scene and bring those like different scenes to life where I'm like paying more attention and focus on them where when you're painting outside, it's just faster. It's more improvisational, um, kind of like those Japanese, uh, paintings. They have a lot of like those like ink drawings that they used to do. Those are like... Mm-hmm inspired by nature too they're just like quick and in the moment um so that's kind of what like the what those are like so, so I'm getting distracted over here I've got cats running in and out and I have of my room playing so <laughs> yeah yeah I can like hear them a little bit but honestly I'm really glad they're there because I know your cats and they're adorable so I think anyone listening is only going to be made happy by that <laughs> yeah so yeah. anyway so i'm getting a little distracted over there so they're leaving yeah now. <laughs> no you're okay that's okay. for now <laughs> you've paid the the toll and you know they'll leave you alone um but that, it's really interesting uh, that you even brought up like the japanese style that's like very zen yes. that's kind of like that that art style is very much like as little strokes and as quick as possible because it captures the spontaneity of the moment yeah but I almost, and I don't want to put words in your pro, or in your mouth for your process, but it seems like when you're able to get a picture and then go into your studio, it gives you an opportunity for it to pass through your filters and how you perceive the event, mm-hmm. which I think is like a really important part of like a landscape piece. Is it's like you capture the essence of the landscape, but also who you are in relation to that. Yeah, and I don't know if that rings true, um, but that. Yeah. It's just an observation that I had. Yeah, no, I th- separate from. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And I think you're right about like 
you did describe my work how I would describe my work too with the es- it capturing the essence of nature and also the spirit because when I paint my scenes I don't um, they are pretty abstract and they are like I would call my paint pieces like Zen too I guess calling them flow paintings mm-hmm. is kind of the same connection to like Zen paintings also like you're in that like in the moment creating the piece um, you're in the in the flow. So when my pieces have a lot of flow and movement to them. Um, and that's created by me being in that, like in the moment and being really connected to the piece when I'm not feeling as connected, I don't have, um, the pieces aren't as fluid and they don't have as much life to them. They're kind of stagnant. And so I have to really get into the moment and get into that Zen that Zen space when I'm creating a piece. And um, I guess when I'm working with my photographs too, I'm kind of just referencing those for colors and patterns. And um, when I'm taking the photos, I'm creating a composition. So I kind of base it off of that, you know, that image that captures that scene. And then I'm referencing the colors that are in that scene because I paint all of the scenes that are inspired by nature. I'll like make them more, you know, vibrant so that people can notice the colors more too and bring the different colors out within the scene. But I don't really just like make up colors in my paintings. I reference nature's color patterns. And I think that's kind of what makes each scene really um, unique is, you know, the light of the day, kind of like the impressionist painters too. Like they would capture the light of the day and the the colors within each season. And, you know, with my paintings, the different landscapes that I'm doing, like the Porcupine Mountains or the Pictured Rocks or Sleeping Bear, they all have their own color scheme to them. And it's really unique to see that when they're painted, you really see the difference in the colors within each landscape also. Yeah. And something else I think is really interesting about your art, which is what captivated me the first time I saw it, is the sense of fluidity. And you mentioned how um, sometimes it like feels stagnant, um, but like all of your work that I've seen, like there is almost like a breathing nature to it, and I think that that adds to that flow element. And you can see that there is a level of artistic interpretation of like your relationship to that space and the way that you everything is just like so alive. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's what really grips people is like the scenery is amazing and you're leaning into nature's palettes, but you are allowing movement. You know, it almost reminds me of like one of those Harry Potter pictures that's like always moving. um, And something about that like kind of transcends just like landscaping, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not like a typical landscape photo. So what's the process of tapping into that movement within the piece? Do you kind of have the image in your head and then you or is it literally in that moment you're playing with the colors and it just is what naturally happens like how do you capture that um well I it's just kind of developed over time the more I've gotten into painting and the more I progress the more fluid it's become like I used to draw more like oh this is what it looks like this straight edge here and I'm gonna make it bend this way but now I'm just more like making everything really fluid and it's hard for me to make like a straight line when I'm painting it just feels off like when I'm painting I try to just feel a calmness in my piece when I'm creating so um usually if there's like a straight edge or something there's more tension 
in the piece and also the fluidness it kind of creates like just this like inspirational like feeling or like epic feeling to the live feeling to it so mm-hmm. um how I get into that space is I guess um again like music is a big part of my life also so music and dance I grew up being a singer and a dancer I did dance and I did a lot of musicals and was involved in choirs well as I did art too actually I thought that I was going to become a musician in high school until my last year of high school I took some art classes and then really fell in love with doing creating things so um so that's a big part of my life too is like music and dance and so going to live music concerts was really a great way for me to express those sides of myself, um, just enjoying music and and dance. And so when I create my paintings too, I like to listen to a lot of music and um, that kind of comes out in my paintings is like a visual dance. So being in the moment, listening to that music and then referencing the photos and it all just kind of brings a lot of energy to the scene that I'm creating. Yeah. And there definitely is like a musical quality to the work that you've done. And that's what I think is also really interesting. There's almost like a, I think the word is synesthesia, where it's like a blending of the senses. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely something I've spent a considerable amount of time, like standing in front of your canvas paintings. And I'm just like caught kind of in a similar like headspace as I am listening to music. Um, And it's interesting because like I first met you at a concert um, so like that's been kind of like the foundation of how we've connected as friends is through music. Um, mm-hmm. so I do know that you've also done live paintings, um, which is something that's typically in a festival culture where, um, there's the stage musicians playing or the DJ, and then there's usually like an entire section of painters. What, what is that like for you? Like in contrast to being in the studio or doing like the typical live air painting like how yeah what is your experience with that because it's fascinating yeah well I actually haven't done that that much um I was able to do that recently which was really fun to do like I've been um showing my work like professionally for about uh like eight eight or nine years now and like at art festivals and just painting at home and recently started going to concerts more like about six years ago and being a part of that whole music and arts scene. And so that was something that really interested me once I saw that there was live painters there. I was like, wow, this is like a whole nother um, art scene that I haven't been really exposed to, but I'm like so in love with being like this music and like this kind of, like this music just inspires me a lot and, you know, dancing. And it's like, this is like going to be a great way for me to also show my work and in this community as well. So I was able to do a few different live painting um, experiences at a festival that you also went to and you were a part of as well. Um, The Sacred Vibrations Music Festival. Yeah, which that was the first one because we had some, we had some connections there um, that were able, we were able to connect with and have that opportunity. So that was really, um, that was a great way to connect. It was a smaller festival, so met a lot of different artists that were painting there from all over. Um, 
but it wasn't as much as the on stage big event. That was more at that event. I connected a lot with different artists, other artists there. So, but then we, I was able to paint at Papadocio and Base Nectar, which two uh, Papadocio is big, and then Base Nectar. That show was a very big event. So that was really fun to do that and exhilarating also. Um, I was glad I was able to still see his show, but the opening was really great. I connected with a ton of people from all over, and I still have people um, online contact me or people that I run into that said that they saw me at painting at Live Painter, Live Painting at Base Nectar. Um, I was mountain biking uh, this summer in the spring. Someone stopped me there and was like, oh, were you Randy Ford? Like, were you painting at Base Nectar? <laughs> I was like, yeah, that was me. It was like a man with his family there too so that was kind of a strange thing because yeah I wasn't sure like how that was gonna like affect me or like how if people would remember who I was but apparently a lot of people did connect with my work or see me paint theirs and um, have kept me in their mind after that so that felt really good that yeah I think it speaks volumes to just the nature of your work and that it reaches into so many different kinds of communities. Um, I know a lot of the uh, markets that you kind of tap into are kind of like, um, I don't know if touristy is the right word, but it's a lot of, it's just such an eclectic reach. You have people who go to typical art fairs who are buying like uh, crafts and stuff like that, but then you're able to also get into the festival community, which is predominantly um, college age kids, um, people who are into le- electronic music and jam bands and your style speaks to both people equally as strongly. And I think like the flow aspect of that is really what brings all of that together. And you're one of the few artists I know that has actually made the leap into multiple, um, I guess markets. I don't know if there's a better yeah. word for it. Um, and yeah, I just think that that's, that's really fascinating. So do you think that while you were live painting, especially at a Bass Nectar event, which is a massive affair with like tens of thousands of people, did that affect the the workflow for you? Was it easier to get into flow or was it more difficult or? Um... Um, yeah, I wouldn't say that was like as easy for me to paint there. Like I had started a piece and um, worked from that. So it was very, um, you know, high energy and a lot of stimulation. So and talking to a lot of people too. So I did get work done on the piece, but I wouldn't say it was my, like, um, my best work because it was like, you know, very stimulating and like, it was harder to keep my hands straight when I was like making strokes and stuff because I was had so much like adrenaline, you know, from Mm -hmm. being in that scene. So, um, I had com- I got a lot of work done on it, but it was mostly completed before I started, which I would want it to be not like if I just started that piece right when I got there, people wouldn't have been able to see what my work looked like yeah. anyway. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but it was fun. Like I, it did bring a lot of energy to the piece though, too, where I was like kind of doing more finishing touches on the piece rather than starting from, zero and then working my way all the way through that because you know that was only like two hours that I was doing that where the piece that size that I was working on would usually take me like a week or two to finish so um right so 
yeah, I think it was great. It was just a great way to like connect. I would use that experience more just for connecting with people rather than like, Mm -hmm. this is, I'm going to make this piece here, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So just kind of different, like, just like at my art festivals that I sell that are the more, I guess they're like, they're in more touristy towns where there's a lot of people from all over that come to them and like come to experience the art that usually like an older crowd of people that just like appreciate art and like seeing different artists from all over and their different crafts and goods. Um, Like there, I use that kind of like show just a different style of showing my work where that's, I'm able to like hang my pieces up and they can see the finished pieces. Um, Some people there paint live. Like there's a few men that, I've seen actually paint while they have their booths up. But um, I use that to just talk to people and show my work at those festivals. And the live painting, too, I use more just as a way to connect with people and show my work rather than yeah, I'm sure. complete a whole piece. Um, so. so speaking about, like, art festivals, yeah. um, this is something that I see that you do that, I mean, I'm, I'm connected to a few artists. It's not that many, but a lot of them are of the visionary art, which I used air quotes for that, um, which is typically uh, a more psychedelic yeah. nature, usually inspired by um, kind of like 60s yeah. psychedelia. And they don't really tap into any other markets. You know, they'll either do like the live painting and then just stay within yeah. that bracket. And for you, what I, I noticed, because I would consider you one of the more successful artists that I know, you do have your hands in many different honey jars, so to speak. So when did you start doing the yeah. art fairs and when did you realize that this was a wonderful avenue for you to display your art? Was it, it was probably more first, right? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So I think that first to say, like, I think you're right about that with the whole, you know, the music scene has a lot more visionary art that's like more psychedelic themed, inspired by, um, just more all focused around that, which mine's kind of like a crossover because mine is, mine is a landscape painting. Um, but mine has more of like a psychedelic look to it or approach like people who are in that scene can connect to my work because it does look psychedelic the way that it has a lot of energy and flow to it. And, you know, a lot of the mess meaning behind it with like nature and I don't know, just like connecting my pieces are all about like connecting to nature and feeling the essence and the energy and the spirit and the, the landscape. Um, so I think mine can appeal to both different, um, different parties, people who are more into that psychedelic scene and just people who like nature and necessarily haven't been exposed to that too. So when I first starting started painting, I wasn't exposed to that, that scene of people in the music scene. And I have started just showing my work locally around Grand Rapids at the Fulton street, um, farmer's market. They have an artesian market there. Um, yes. Yeah. On Sundays they have an artesian market. So I started showing my work there and, Back then, when I first started showing work, my work was not the same. Also, I was painting birds, and I painted landscapes, too, as I was just starting to paint landscapes. The style didn't look the same. It was didn't have as much flow to it or movement. Um, again, I was just painting more. It was just more static, straight lines, and um, I was just still developing my work. So uh, 
I was still talented, but it was just a different style. Um, so I painted more like realistic birds and things like that and had note cards and had a lot of stationery to sell. So, so those were good to sell at the art market. And once I started showing there, I connected with a lot of different people who started telling me about other art markets I could be doing that where they sell their work in the summer. Um, so I slowly got exposed more and more to different art festivals throughout Michigan. Um, and each one I would go to, I'd meet other artists there and they'd tell me about this other art festival that they like to go to. Um, so each year I'd kind of like upgrade in the different art festivals. And as I created more work, I was able to develop my pieces and um, make my work finer and better because um, it definitely is much different than it used to be when I first started out before I was, um, you know, making small pieces and finding like used frames to frame my work in. And now I'm like purchasing really nice frames and making large scale pieces. And so my brand's definitely changed over the years as I've changed as a person and as I become more exposed to different people and have had different opportunities as well. So, and after I developed my work more too, I've um, had different galleries contact me to be in their gallery also. So I've been in multiple galleries too. Some have worked out, um, all of them positive experiences. Some didn't work out as well as planned, but that's fine. Not everything's going to be the perfect fit for for everyone, you know. So I had still friends with some of the people that I had my work in, and we just decided maybe I shouldn't um, have my work in there. Maybe I just didn't have as much energy to put towards that one because, you know, you can only have your stuff and yeah. your eggs yeah. in so many baskets. So um, I've learned that it's kind of worked to me, for me now to just show through myself at art festivals and um, I have a gallery up north in Petoskey where uh, we have a called somebody's gallery and we have a really great relationship Julie and I there she's a great lady and I'm friends with her and her family and I know a lot of the different artists in her gallery too and they've done a lot of different events that I've been a part in a part of like um, just different art festivals or like Paint Grand Traverse and just meeting them different places so I really like being in that gallery and she, that's like um she mostly has like landscape painters up there that paint the different areas I'm the youngest artist there a lot of the art the um places where I connect and show my work up north I'm usually one of the youngest painters there mostly the artists that are being proficient in their work are in their 50s like they're probably usually in their fifties, late forties or older. So it's kind of a whole different art scene. Yeah. Um, but it's great. They're great people. And it's fun to go up there and connect with those types of people. But, um, where, where was I going with that? I'm not sure what I was about to say. Oh, I was just saying, I think anyways, I have a great relationship with her and then I show through myself because I've just learned that I really like connecting with my, the, the clients that I meet at different art festivals and um, I just like working one-on-one -on -one with them and like finding the perfect piece for them and being connected. I had um, a gallery here in Grand Rapids I was in. I was in the Ponce galleries and really enjoyed being in there and they gave me a lot of like opportunities and exposure and um, I was working there before I started 
showing with them. I was working there as an intern doing um, graphic design for them. So then I was able to like have a connection and they decided to start showing my work. And that was great too. And that really helped me grow. Um, but then we decided uh, to part ways too, just because I was showing a lot at these art festivals. And again, too many, my eggs were in too many baskets. And I just cat liked connecting one-on-one -on -one with people at art fairs more than having someone in between me mm -hmm. doing that for me. So I just like to take too much control over what I'm doing, yeah. I guess, yeah. with my art. So, <laughs> um, so it kind of seems like you had, um, like an opening to start hosting at galleries, but it almost, I mean, at least from the way you just said it, it almost sounds like one opportunity created another opportunity, which created a web of opportunities. Was it kind of like that or was there, um, a period where you had to like really show up and like really get your work out there. Like what did that process of momentum look like for you? Was it more natural or did you have to like push through and create that for yourself? It was kind of natural. Um, just, you know, the more you can't like force it too much. Things will just happen naturally once you meet different people and opportunities will arise. Um, I think, great way is just to make sure you know you're connecting with people and um I had been doing that through my art fairs and you know just developing my work and I had my website um so Julie up in Petoskey was somebody's gallery that's the gallery name somebody's gallery um I think we were there didn't we stop there when we went to uh the key or, um, we didn't uh that Okay. I don't okay. think... We, I don't remember where. Yeah, because we were in Traverse City right. area, and this is in Petoskey, so we weren't actually in... But we stopped at some other galleries. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, but... Uh, yeah, so when I've had these opportunities, we did stop at one in Glen Arbor. That's Where I, I did have a show there. That was mm -hmm. like my first... Yeah, that was where I had my first solo show back in 2000 and... Okay. 16, I think it was, or 15. And um, she had seen my work online and contacted me and asked me if I wanted to create a body of work for a show. They have, like, artists show work for a week throughout the summer, and it's just them in their, in their gallery there. Um, so that was a really great opportunity that allowed me to develop my work because I had to make a big body of work and I they were all inspired by that area too so like a lot of like the Sleeping Bear Dunes area um and then I had work to show at the art festivals later that season too because they all all of them yeah, didn't like yeah. sell during the show you know so <laughs> um which it's was fine, fine. <laughs> um but <laughs> yeah <laughs> no. yeah yep. which is normal I'm just saying it's normal like a lot of work goes into different things that it's not always a success and you just got to keep going. You know, it's not always just going to turn out wonderfully like you'd like it to, um, but they get you to the next step, you know? So, um, so that show was really nice to have. And, um, so after that I had a nice body of work and updated all my website and, um, somebody's gallery had contacted me, Julie. So she also found my work online. She just opened her gallery, um, probably seven years ago now because she opened it up just like a year before she asked me to be in it because she was looking for artists online and so um she asked me to be in there and 
that's just worked out really well to be working with her. Um, and then I had another opportunity to be in Waterfront Gallery. This They also contacted me to be in there, but that was at the exact same time that I was trying to show with LaFonse. So um, I had to kind of decide which one I was going to be in. And um, LaFonse already had that relationship from working there, so I ended up going with them. Um, Breaking hearts. But I'm still interested. Yeah. So I still wish that I could have been. They're a really great gallery, and I kind of wonder what that opportunity would have been like if I ended up going the other direction. So, um, So who knows? But that's all... Mostly, I think that as long as you're, like, creating work and sh- showing online and showing other place, like, showing at whatever opportunity you can, like, people will see your work and connections will be made and people will reach out to you. I've had a lot of people reach out. There's so many people out there that have different shops or different places that you can show work at. There's just a lot, a lot, so... <laughs> I was just going to say, it's just interesting to hear um, that a big part of your success is that you connected with people. And I think that um, our mutual friend Ben talks a lot about this, um, mm-hmm. Ben Ripley. He talks about how people want to support a good story mm-hmm. as much as they want to consume your product or um, buy your work. They want to be able to like mm-hmm. lock eyes with you and to be able to like feel who you are. And that adds so much to your mythos and your branding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you probably do that really well. I mean, we've worked together, um, for the first time. If anybody doesn't know, you're actually the one doing my graphic design work. And, um, I think that works out so well because we are friends and I want to support you and I'm sure you hopefully want to support me. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> You know, so I think that that there's no no amount of like marketing or branding can ever replace that heart to heart connection that you have with your clients. Mm-hmm. Again, that's why I like doing the art festivals, which um, I don't ha- haven't really had this year. I only had one small festival, which was really refreshing because I didn't have any all all summer, and then I had one in Saugatuck and. Um, a lot of people had come to it and bought work from me and, um, it just kind of assured like, yeah, like I, because, you know, I haven't had been having the same kind of connections, like that in-person connection is really great to have. And it was just a really positive weekend, just that one little mm-hmm. art, art festival in Sagatech. So, <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure everyone else was pretty charged up to be there just because no one been gathering. So you know, I think the energy for that was probably really positive, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And something that I think is interesting is that you use the term client. And I know a lot of artists um, who are just getting started don't really have an understanding of what, like, a client-based um, practice or client-based business is. Because a lot of them, they're just making the art and they're pushing the art and like doing the hustle, but for you, um, I know that a lot of the time that you spend with your art is it's commissioned work. So, um, how important do you think that is to your success in finding people on a one-on-one basis who like already know what they want from you? Is that, that's pretty important, right? Well, I guess that my commissions aren't really them knowing what I want. They want from me. Um, I commissions are a newer thing that I've been doing for people. Um, 
so I, I didn't just start doing like commissions. Mostly I did, I mostly just created my own body of work, what I wanted to have wanted to. Um, I've just recently been doing more commissions. Um, it's usually not them just coming to me. There have been more where they have an image and they want this, but it's usually the way I like to do commissions is, um, it's just because I have so many pieces and they might not be the right piece for someone's space. They might need like a large painting and I only have one large painting and they need this like, like a man came to me and he needed a 64 by 64 piece for his Massive house, piece. which is really big. And I would have never painted that. Yeah. I would never have painted that size in that kind of like scenery that he wanted. So, um, my commissions kind of work where I am at my art fairs and I connect with people and we talk about um, them not, like they don't know, there's no piece there that is perfect for their house. So I'll go to their home, we'll look at their space, be like, okay, this is the size of painting you need. And then we'll look through my images and kind of, they'll kind of be like, oh, I want like a wooded scene. I really like the woods or I really like sunsets. I want a sunset. And so I'll go through all my images and kind of figure out which one I think would be best for their space and um, create that in the size that they need that looks great for that wall. So that's kind of like the commission. My ideal commission is um, where I still have a lot of the, where I still have a lot of the, like, um, the, it's more, it's still my art piece, but it's just kind of guided towards making it for them where it's not just like, Oh, yeah. like, will you please yeah. paint my dog? Like, I'm, yeah, like, I don't want that type of commission or, um, and other ones, like, I made it, I made a painting of the pictured rocks for um, someone who was, saw my work and they wanted to make a painting for their son and they wanted it to be more meaningful. So I worked from one of their photos rather than my own, but the photo was like a great photo from the pictured rocks and had a sunset in it. So, it really was just fine to to work from that image as well. So I do like to work from my own images because, you know, I do compose them in a certain way that creates a lot of, like, life and movement in the scene because composition is the most important thing of a, of a painting. If you ha don't have a good composition, your piece is not going to be strong. So, um, yeah. <laughs> did it feel like a little uh disconnected from your process like using someone else's picture um um no i think it was fine i still like edited it and um it wasn't as great as a photo used that one so it wasn't it wasn't exactly the same because it was like a photo on a phone too so it didn't have like the greatest lighting where i uh kind of edit it in the computer so that I could see the colors more in the scene and do all of that. Um, mm -hmm. But no, it was so great because I like knew who I was making this painting for and it, and I still brought like a great amount of energy to yeah, it. Sure. And it just made, it makes me happy to know this. Oh, I'm making this piece for someone and they're going to really enjoy it and love it. It's going to be great, great for them. So it's kind of interesting. Cause like I can, I'm just imagining the process and it's almost like what, they're actually being commissioned for is like not only just the painting itself, but you coming into the space, seeing the space and like the composition of the entire space in relation to your painting. So not only are people getting 
a stellar piece of artwork, they're also getting kind of like a little bit of interior design, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that that's like a really cool offering that you yeah. get. And I've seen like um, houses that have your work and businesses and yeah, you definitely have an eye that goes beyond just the original painting. So that's really fascinating. Um, yeah. In order to maintain this consistent art as a, a business, as your way of life, do you, what is your, your process of staying like inspired and like, how do you get the work done? I know a lot of artists, myself included, um, sometimes it's really hard to show up to the easel and sometimes it's really hard to do the thing that like you want to do, yeah. but some days you just don't feel like it. So how do you like fight that hump and how do you stay consistent and yeah. create, you're creating, you have a business, you know, it's something that you can plug into. How do yeah. you, how do you maintain that? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's definitely a struggle also. Yeah. Um, I mean, I struggle with it too, just because you have to be really self-disciplined and like always keep trying to keep a positive mood because you know, you can get like, I have a lot of like ups and downs and like, but I just keep um, making sure that I'm committed to it and I don't, um, you know, stray away from that. So um, and it, of course, like there's a lot of stuff to balance too with running your own business. It's not like I'm just like painting every day and that's all I do. I have a lot of like, um, days where I'm just on the computer doing computer work, like updating my website or just emailing, I have like emails, a lot of emailing to do. I have applications I have to fill out, um, for different shows. So there's a lot of like um, work that's just done in my office, um, you know, making prints or, you know, editing photos or sending photos to someone or doing an interview or, uh, so I think that kind of makes it the most hard for me to get into the studio because it's hard for me to paint or create unless I have nothing else that I have to get done or worry about. So, um, that's still, I'm still figuring out how to manage all the different things that I have to do. Um, cause you know, accounting too, you have to keep track of all your expenses and your sales and all of that stuff too. So it does get to be a lot and I'm not creating as much as I would like to, to like, um, I wish I had more time to just focus on creating artwork. And because when I'm focusing on other things, it's hard to, balance everything and then be able to focus. So usually I like to try to get all of that kind of like technical stuff out of the way in the morning and then use the afternoons for creating artwork. So it usually works out, but not every day. Yeah. So what would you say like percentage wise of your time is spent doing the bookkeeping and like the, the business aspect? Like, would you say it was like, I feel like it's like 50% okay. pretty much. Okay. Yeah. And that's something I hear a lot from a lot of artists, musicians, poets and stuff is that um, if you're really passionate about doing this thing for a living, then you're going to be wearing a lot of different hats, you know, and the thing that you want to be doing, actually, you're probably going to have less time to do it than someone who maybe treats it as a hobby, which is kind of interesting. Yep. But if you love it and you're passionate and you want to get it out to the world, then that's just an aspect of the of the game that you have to play, which... Do yeah. you deal with uh, any like procrastination at all? I know that that was one of my pitfalls when I was trying to pursue music in a full-time way. And is that something that are you, have you kind of hacked that part mm -hmm. of your life? 
Well, what kind of procrastination do you mean? Like, what's your procrastination? I so guess. my manifest in like, I'll wake up in the morning and I have like a morning routine that I do every day, which just gets me in the right space. But sometimes I'll get on YouTube and I'll see like something from the news and I'm like, oh man, this is terrible. And I watch a 15 minute video and then that leads me to another video and then another. And then by the time I know it, it's like 1 PM yeah. and I haven't done the thing in the window of time I wanted. Um, so that or video games used to be one too. No. Okay. Yeah, no, I've definitely, I definitely struggle with that. I think just with the waste, like that's something I've been struggling with a lot that I've been trying to figure out how to work around because with the, our phones nowadays and um, me just checking, just trying to go and check something for work, like doing Instagram or checking an email, it's just really easy to get distracted and forget what you're doing when you get on your phone. And I, I do have that issue where I'm like, get really frustrated because I'm like, man, like I was just on this phone looking at this stuff that I got distracted on when I'm trying to like focus and like do work. So yeah, that, that's definitely like an issue that I think we all feel. And um, it's just like a problem of having technology at our hands all the time. Um, so I'm trying to, I've been trying to be more disconnected from my phone and I'm trying to like focus on that. Um, so that's something that I'm working on right now because I feel like that has taken away from me getting things. I do get things that I get, want to get done every day, but I always wish yeah. I could have done a little more than I actually did. So, um, you know, or just like changing a song on your phone and then you get distracted because you have this notification yeah, yeah. or someone's like messaging you. <laughs> So, and it's like, oh crap! Now I'm like yeah. messaging all yeah, these people. Down a rabbit hole of Wikipedia. <laughs> like, when was golf invented? Like, yeah. Um, I think that also is probably kind of a healthy feeling, though. Yeah. The feeling of like I could have gotten a little bit more done today. I almost feel like if you're really in the flow of things, you're never going to eradicate that feeling, and that's kind of what drives you into the next day. I'm sure, you know. So having like a healthy balance of feeling it and not being overwhelmed by that is probably really important too. Yeah. 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 I try not to, I'm not like bad at procrastinating things, like pushing things off like for days or yeah. like I'm always been one to get things done right away. Like to, f yeah, I don't like feeling stressed. And so in school and everything else, I've always been the person to, okay, I'm going to start this like right away and then yep. I can yep. go have fun after I finish it. I've never, or like tons of friends talk about pulling all-nighters at art school and I never once pulled an all-nighter, but I always got my work done and had like extra yeah. work to be shown. So I guess, um, yeah, so I don't really have that big of a problem with procrastination except for getting distracted yeah. on the phone too long in the morning when I'm just trying to do my emails or something. So, yeah. yeah. And I can't imagine you, I mean, just in terms of like the amount of work output you have, you probably don't have it as bad as a lot of other creatives typically do. You don't really strike me as someone who's uh, stuck. Whereas I think procrastination kind of comes from a sensation of feeling stuck in your work. Whereas I feel like mm -hmm. every time we talk, if it was like a week or two, you know, you're working on something new, you got a new commission, you got this thing going. So yeah. do you have any like practices that help ensure that you stay in that groove or is it just kind of come natural that you stay up on your things? Um, yeah, it just kind of happens. Like 
uh, you know, even though there was an art fairs this summer too that I had been planning for, I still had a lot of different opportunities arise. So you just kind of got to go with the flow of things. And I just always trust that something is going, some opportunity is going to happen. That's going to keep me, me going. Um, so it is scary to not know or not have a sure thing. It does give me a lot of stress. Um, not knowing exactly what's going to be happening, but I always just try to stay positive and just, you know, if I can just show up every day and keep continuing moving forward, then I know something as good is going to happen in the end, you know? So, um, something, something always happens, you know? So like I was just, um, this month, like in, Ale Prize is happening in Grand Rapids where they're having um, Ale Prize instead of Art Prize because Art Prize was canceled. Um, so the breweries in Grand Rapids, there's about 20 breweries that are showing different artists work to kind of support them and then to also support the breweries to have people come into the um, come in to the tap rooms and, you know, try their beers and experience the art live. Uh, I had that opportunity that just popped up. A friend of mine from college had a connection with one of the um, ad managers, the um, advertising managers there. And so she just messaged me about that. And um, so I took my work there, and that was great. And I have an opportunity with them in the future, too, that is something that I've been wanting for a really long time I might be working with them on like a beer nice. can labels so that's something that we talked about and might be happening next spring and that's like a dream of mine that I've had for about for a long time that finally might wow that's incredible realized. that so, is a really cool opportunity yeah. that's kind of the thing that draws me to craft beer like I don't drink much but when I'm at the store I'll always be perusing the cans yeah. just because the art is always so vibrant and eye-catching yeah nice yeah I agree yeah. So have you, um, I mean, speaking of everything being canceled, yeah. um, have you had any, um, have you had to change anything with uh, the COVID outbreak? Has that really, really affected you at all? Or have you been keeping um, your head afloat? It did, yeah. It did. Like I re had a lot of big opportunities this year for different art festivals I was going to be in. Um I also had a really good year last year, like my best year. So I thought that this year was going to be like a lot different than mm -hmm. how it turned out because then, but it ended up turning out like fine too, because I had more um, online sales and I also, so I was just connecting with people more through my, through online. And then also um, through Instagram, I met a man who has been who commissioned me a large piece, that 64 by 64 painting. Yeah, and, um, which I got to see, and it's very lovely. Yes, yes. So I had different opportunities through people connecting me through the Internet rather than in person. So I've had things still happening, and that, that other show in Saugatuck, that was a surprise, and I ended up doing Paint Grand Traverse this year instead, which I've never done that before. It's an um, event up in Traverse City where artists go and paint there for a week and they have a big art fair and an, not an art fair, an art show and like event where people come from all over to paint the Traverse City area, like Sleeping Bear Dunes and they paint live for a week. Um, I had never been able to do that because I was always going to art festivals that were right mm 
mm. like the same time up there and I don't live up there. So it's not easy for me to just always be up north. <laughs> um, so this year, now that I didn't have that, I was like, well, I might as well just apply and do that. It's like a, they ha- it was shorter this year too. They only had it for a weekend. So I was like, well, I could just go and do that. And um, that was just a great experience to meet new people and also just kind of build my resume. And a lot of people saw my work in a whole new like um, art scene because mm-hmm. a lot of different people follow that Panker and Travers show compared to other things I've done. So um, just kind of different. It was just different this year. So we'll see how it ends. Um, I'm not sure. I'm kind of figuring out what's going on this fall because the art, the Christmas art show I usually do is canceled now. I just found that out today. Um, messaged them and they're not having it. It's the UICA Holiday Artist Market, which um, is the Urban Institute yep. for Contemporary Art downtown. And I do that for, I've done that for years and I really enjoy that market. There's a lot of like local artists that show their work there. And um, so that's kind of a bummer because that was like a great show to do. But uh, so now I'm just going to have to figure out a different way to, you know, connect with others and share my work mostly. So it'll mostly be through online and guess I'm guessing or Mm -hmm. So I'm going to figure that out. I'm trying to wrap my head around what I'm doing right now. So, <laughs> And for the listeners who are uh, tuning in right now, um, Randy, you did uh, release some shirts of... Uh, I did. Was it Sleeping Bear? Yep. yep. I actually have it on right now to... Nice, get... wonderful. Sadly, the video won't be released, <laughs> but I see it and it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Would you say that, um, and this is maybe my own observation, but do you think the uncertainty drives like ingenuity like do you do you find yourself kind of thinking about things in a different way because of the uncertainty or do you think it's more of a detriment than it is like are you able to use it as a benefit yeah I think it is a way to expand and to learn new skills um you know rather than just showing in person kind of coming up with different ideas to connect through the internet and I've seen tons of other artists doing this too that I follow or that I um yeah different artists that I follow or have listened to talks, everyone's getting creative in new ways to connect with people that is not the standard. And a lot of people are moving towards the internet. Um, and there, maybe there won't be as many more like live shows, which is, is good and bad. Like I really do like the live shows. People can like see it in person, but too, like I had had these ideas for these t-shirts for a long time and I just didn't get to them because I didn't really have the perfect avenue to sell them because in the art fine art shows, you're not supposed to sell like reproduction work. You're only supposed to have original work. So weird call, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, cause it's fine. It's like all handcrafted. So yeah, that makes sense. So you're not supposed to have reproduction. So, um, now that I have these, this t-shirt design, like I might just be like, I had not having these shows led me to starting to actually, like see these ideas come to life and um there you can order them on my website that's how they are created is like print on demand there's a lot of websites with different print on demand services for like t-shirt designs and things like that so um i'm just kind of gonna 
go that route, I think, for now, because I've had some ideas. I have a mug coming out, Ooh. like, next week that I nice. finally finished, and I'm waiting yeah. for the um, mug to get here to, like, kind of see what it looks like yep. in person yep. before I post it. But um, my T-shirt is an Empire Bluff view of the Sleeping Bear Dunes. And so it's Lake Michigan with the Sleeping Bear Dunes and South Manitou Island have been distance. And the mug kind of goes along with that. And it has um, the north and south view. It's a different illustration and scene, but it's kind of yeah. like, it's similar. But um, so I'm really excited to see how that turns out. And those will also make good Christmas gifts too for any Lake Michigan lovers. So yeah, nice plug, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, really, I mean, um, like I said, there's no video for this, but I'm oh, looking I know. at it and literally a lot of my friends have this shirt on the different colors and it does look really awesome. Like you found a way to like capture your work and put it on a shirt in just such a unique way. And, um, yeah, yeah, it turned out really nice. Our, uh, mutual friends, um, mutual friends, uh, Eric and Amanda Wink just got married, oh, yeah. and the spot that was uh, he, um, he proposed to her at is actually the spot on your shirt. Yes. So um, our other mutual friend, Nikki, actually just got them a pair of the shirts, and um, I don't even think you like knew that that was um, a important location for them. Oh, I did. It's just oh, did you? Yeah, because really? okay. I saw them get engaged there too, and nice. I was like, oh, that's cool. So. Yeah. Did you like intend, like, I don't think you like planned the shirt release. Oh, with no, their, no, no, no. Yeah. I just knew that. It's they, just weird how that worked out. You know, it's just, it's yeah. kind of a weird synchronicity and like, that's going to be a piece of uh, clothing that they are going to value forever. You know, like what an yeah. important place. Yeah. So that's really cool. It's a really beautiful place. Like, I mean, you went there. I took you there too. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That was the... Yeah. It was, it. Man, the western coast of Michigan, you and David have shown me just, like, so many beautiful places. Like, thank you so much. Like, the Leelanau Peninsula, that entire area, it's unlike anything else in the state, really. It's... Yeah. And, you know, for those of you who haven't been there, I mean, check out Randy's work. It, you can find a lot of it there. And, whoo, it's, it's a doozy. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're a little bit over an hour. Um I don't want to take up too much of your day, but I do want to open up a space to where there may be some young artists who are just getting into the field who want to make a living doing this and are passionate about their art, but don't really know where to start or like how to set up a proper container for that. Do you have any like words of advice for people who are looking to actually thrive in this industry? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, I think it is hard, like, it's really hard figuring out who you are as an artist and what you want to do, and it is, it does take a lot, like you said, you have to have your, wear many hats, so I think, like me, the key was to just start making work that was true to myself, that I was called towards, Um, when I first started out, I was, like, looking a lot at other people's work and, like, kind of comparing myself to them or like trying to be them not necessarily be them but um was kind of was like oh this is what they're doing like kind of like trying to mimic them but then once I started just being true to myself and just focusing on creating work from my own perspective and my soul and then focusing on my local community and those opportunities there that kind of just allowed me to you know progressively grow as an artist um 
because I wasn't looking at others. And I still do look at others and see what they're doing to get ideas, but also I try to relate that to like my own experience and how that is realistic to my life and what I'm doing, I guess. So um, I think the key is to just do what you're drawn to and just go with that and just take one step at a time and show at as many places that you're able to or that you feel a connection to or drawn to. I guess don't do it to anywhere because I, I do not choose to show my work at all things. Mm-hmm. You only have so much energy that you can like put out. So I guess things that you really feel that like energy towards or connection to, I would just go with that and the more you do that, the more you're going to be led on to the next step of what to do. Um, or just the kind of work that you want to be doing. Like if you want to be doing fine art paintings, like that whole kind of like scene is different than if you're doing like illustrations for magazines or like children's books, like just researching like how to do those type of things and, you know, maybe getting an agent or someone to help you get work um, is a way that you can go to. Uh, I mean, I'm not an expert. Like I am, I do have a lot of knowledge based off my experience, but there's so many other artists that are doing different things that have a different path and do things differently. Um, I think you really just got to be true to yourself and kind of figure that out as you go to, or like talk to other artists that you feel like you are similar to, or they're doing something that you want to be like you could reference them for ideas but still stay true to yourself and don't try mm-hmm. to copy them or mimic them like just yeah. use them as inspiration for po- possibilities what's your take on art school like do you think that that could be beneficial for some or do you think that it could be a detriment to finding your voice um i, I definitely think the art school is a good thing um i mean it can be I think it can be detrimental to your voice also too. Like, um, for one, I think it's, it is good because you're put into that environment where you're able to have, like, you don't need to self-discipline. Like you're there, you're there with a lot of different people with different ideas. You learn a lot. You're able to be exposed to a lot of different, um, skills and, uh, different materials being used, different styles of art. Um, you know, you learn about composition. Like I taught at Grand Valley after I graduated and, and I did that a few years ago. Um, I taught composition class and I, um, taught composition on Adobe Illustrator. So I taught how to use Adobe Illustrator. So, and also when I was there at school, I learned how to use programs like Adobe Illustrator. I had no idea that existed before I went to art school. Um, We learned Photoshop and um, I learned a lot of graphic design skills that I use now for my marketing and for my just my business materials. Um, We like kind of started doing like website things. So it kind of just gets you in that mindset of having finishing and completing work you gain a lot of skills too they give you a lot of different projects to develop your skills um so I definitely think it's really beneficial to go through that I would not be as good of an artist as I am today if I didn't go through that yeah all of that training um they didn't I was not creating work like I am now there 
but it allowed me to get the skills for me to develop into who I am today. Um, and I just wouldn't be as good of an artist if I didn't do that. Like I would have been starting from zero. Like when I graduated from high school, I would like, I had art skills, but I was not, it's not nearly to what the skills I had after I graduated. Yeah. So I definitely think that is something you can do, but also if you don't want to go to a, for your in a uh, university and pay all of that money too. Like if you can't just can't afford it, there's other ways that you can develop your skills as an artist too. There's like private courses you could take with different teachers or um, different art studios teach like different classes. I like you know there's like um in Traverse City like the Crooked Tree Art Center or like the Art Center in. Um, Glen Arbor, they have like different classes for learning skills. Different like painters will teach how to do things there too. It's not as much work, like it's a shorter thing, like a workshop. There are workshops. So there's a lot of different workshops you can go to if you want to take that route. And also, I've been seeing a lot of like classes online too. Um, there's this website, Domestica, that I got a few courses on just to kind of gain some insight onto what other artists are it's a um spanish website though but they have a lot of like so it's most of the the um teachers are artists or graphic designers in mexico but they have like english subtitles but it's really good courses like i really like their art styles and there's a lot of knowledge um with those so really good artists that's a, like a way that you can learn things too if you don't want to go to full-time art school um, and just brush up on some skills. So. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's going to be um, pretty useful um, already. I'm like scheming over here. Like, Ooh, that sounds good. Um, yeah. So what oh, is and there also is like Adobe is giving some free. What? No, continue. Oh, I said Adobe. Um, the Adobe programs are actually giving away a free. They have like different seminars each year that you have to like pay thousands of dollars to go to, but they're having an online event this year because of COVID and they're giving it away for free. Whoa. So I think that's October 20th through the 22nd. And I might be, I might just do that because yeah. I've never, I've wanted to go to that, but I don't, it's not something I want to invest my money in because it's very yeah. expensive and I'm not like a professional graphic designer, but also be really great to learn from those. So that's something too, that you probably would learn a lot from, um, and that's just this month. Yeah. I feel like YouTube could probably get you far. Yeah. You know, like there's just so much free content out there. Yeah. But I'm sure like the community aspect of being a part of like a college course and growing yeah. over the course of years with the same people and influencing each other is huge. Yeah. Um, something that I heard, and I don't remember if it was a conversation that you and I had when we were hiking, but someone was telling me how like in school, they're not going to like show you your voice they're going to give you the tools and like teach you how to use the tools but like it's still your path to find your voice you know and um i think yeah that's probably the most important thing to like being successful and again you can correct me if i'm wrong but it's like you gotta have a voice you gotta have something to say and express and that's yeah whatever medium whatever skill aptitude if you have something to express like something true to your heart and that's going to shine through whatever medium that you choose yeah. you know yeah, and that's what I think, too, about art school. Yeah, they going there was great because, you know, you have your class time every every day 
or whatever for three hours and you have four of those classes, you know, four times a week. So it's like, um, you know, you're there, you have, you're forced to be there, develop these skills. You have so much homework where you're supposed to spend like 20 hours on homework. It's a lot of work. Um, yeah. Like you're supposed to have 20 for hours of homework for each class, like over the weekends of working it, which is like not really realistic mm-hmm. at all. But, um, yeah. um, but you know, it just allows you to be forced to create work when if you're at home on your computer, like it's not the same environment to, you know, actually be as proficient or like create as much as you actually yeah. could being in that kind of environment where, you know, you're, you have your teacher to teach you the things they want you to know. And then the next class, you like, you get more information. It's like step-by-step in person Um, where it's just not the same on the computer, you know? And it probably comes down to like each individual's learning style too. There are some people who probably never take a class, but just, they just love what they do. So they're not doing anything else and they become really good. Yeah. Then there's people who need it kind of enticed out of them. And I don't think there's any shame in either way or there's no like one right way. I'm sure, you know, Yeah. I'm sure that the whatever aspiring artist already kind of knows what learning style they have intuitively. Yeah. So in just like tapping in and like listening to like, okay, I need a little bit more hands-on direction, you know, I'm sure every path is individual and unique and, um, yeah. Yeah. Cause I learned a lot when I graduated too. Like that's when I came into my voice because there I was kind of expected to make certain things. That's what I'm thinking about stifling your, your voice a little bit there. Like the different teachers kind of had their idea of what good art and was and some kind of like disregarded landscape paintings. And it was like, Oh, it was just, it's been done before. It's just, it's not really like critiquing society or like, having a new viewpoint um so they didn't shame that they'd yeah that's that's kind of a bummer what is that like landscape is a beautiful art form like what yeah so a lot of some of those teachers that i was taught under kind of like didn't want art to be beautiful Mm. or that wasn't like good art if it was just like yeah beautiful there had to be some kind of like societal it needs to have a function yeah uh, message behind it yeah, which I think that my work does have, like, a message, though, behind it, you know. It does, yeah. Like, the importance of nature in yeah. in the world. And so um, so it really does have a big message, landscape painting, you know. It does, So I guess yeah. it just depends on what your outlook on life is. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that my work is influencing the world by bringing awareness to different beautiful places that need to be protected and places that need to be appreciated too and places that bring a lot of happiness and beauty to people in the world. So um, that's what I want to do with my art is bring positivity and beauty and nature indoors to people who are lacking it in our world right now, you know? So that's what I want with my art is to fill people's homes with the beauty and energy of nature. Yeah. And earlier we made a distinction between um, when we were talking about like festival community um, and you made the distinction between your art and visionary art. But honestly, I would consider your art visionary art. Yeah. Um, Typically what that visionary entails is like you have a vision and then you transcribe it into an art form. So often in the culture, this manifests as someone has um, like a, a psychedelic experience and then paints it out and it's their like 
codifying that. But for you, like you're not um, consuming substances, you're consuming nature. So like your work is kind of like you're going through this experience yeah. and then you're communicating that experience of aliveness. And that's what I find interesting is like your paintings just drip with like yeah. life and vitality, which is why I wanted you on the show. And you're, you're taking that sensation of the, the yeah. animism of nature and then you're creating art about it. So like it is visionary art. Yeah. You had a vision of the aliveness of nature and you're sharing it with people. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. You know, it's a shame that you had a professor that was trying to tell you that, you know, landscape art isn't as meaning, inherently meaningful because it doesn't have some lofty critique. You know, I think that that it's a shame when there's a professor who has his intellectual bias seep into his teaching. That's that's dirty. That's gross. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what. Yeah. So that's in art school. It was a little confusing. Like, what am I supposed to paint? Like, if I'm not supposed to paint landscapes. So after I graduated, mm -hmm. I was just like, well, I'm going to paint landscapes i'm gonna go like the nature is calling me i'm gonna go out there and paint that beautiful tree over there <laughs> so yeah. um but yeah i think that you're right too about the visionary art too because i think when i am in nature and painting like when i'm out there it can put me into those um maybe those head spaces that certain psychedelics would put you in where like kind of how like yoga does you know you're like really in the moment and you know you don't always need these like psychedelic mm -hmm. um, drugs or whatever to put you into those head spaces if you're really in tune with yourself or in the moment like so when I'm painting I you know I get into that zen like state or that flow state so I think it can come like that natural flow state comes out in my pieces where a lot of people think that maybe I'm doing psychedelics when I paint, but I'm not. So, um, not that I've never done them before, but also that's not what inspires my, my artwork or right. Right. it's not like I'm like eating mushrooms every day while I'm painting. So <laughs> yeah, where some people in that scene might think that. Right. And that's what I think is really interesting. And what I, what I consider visionary art is like, you're not communing with these substances, but you're tapping into a space that a lot of people are saying is really similar, you know? So like entrusting that there is some connection between the flow state and that experience, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, it honestly is a social critique, you know? It is an expression of nature and it's like flowing through you. And um, yeah, it's absolutely incredible. And I think that because it is an expression of nature flowing through you, I think that's why you have been so supported as you are not to, you know, um, like you, you work very hard and you've earned every penny of it, but it's also like nature wants these visions to be shared, you know, like you're having these experiences of painting these things because it's important and it connects people to the environment. You know, it's, it's good work. And, um, yeah, I think, uh, you're definitely in the pocket and you're doing good things. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, and that's all I want. Like, I'm just really drawn to nature, its beauty, and I think my calling is just to, you know, connect people to nature more and bring positivity and beauty to their spaces and homes so they are filled with, like, you know, the the vibrations of nature and the, and the that love that you can feel and that happiness you can feel when you're in it. I know not everyone feels that when they're in nature, but um, for a lot of people, it they do so yeah 
hopeful, hopefully, and I could see your work being a bridge for those people who they don't like hiking. They're just like, oh, I don't want to go walk in the woods. Like yeah. maybe, you know, seeing your interpretation and the aliveness that you experience, maybe that will slow them down just an inch, just enough to sink deeper into the spaces, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, a lot of people who, you know, like literally a lot of my friends will be out on a dune like Nordhaus and we stop and look and we're like, this looks just like a Randy painting. And, yeah. you know, I think that like that is indicative of the fact that your work seeps into people's subconscious and you know you do have a potential to really help maximize the potential to see beauty you know yeah and um you know it's kind of like a visual shamanism a little bit you know you're like walking people through your experiences and changing the outlook that they have yeah i mean that's like all art you know but i think especially with art that is so connected to landscape and nature and also your experience yeah. of it, your bliss of it, you know, is it's a cool thing that you got Thank going you. on. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. And I think I just put a lot of like, you know, time and focus and attention to my pieces to where they have that like life to them or they can capture someone's attention because of all the little details and that I can put into it. Not overworking it, but you know, just enough to where it can draw someone's attention to it. A struggle for people is mixing colors too. So a lot of people have struggle with putting harmonious colors into their work. So that's one thing I've always been good to good at. And my teacher in paint, my painting teacher said that I was like a colorist um, because I'm able to mix colors really well. So that might be something too, the way that my paintings like stand out is because the colors are all harmonious and create a peaceful scene because the colors aren't clashing in them. Mm-hmm. So that's all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, um, it's interesting that like your paintings are both stimulating and tranquil, you know, like yeah. it induces a sense of peace, but you can really get lost in a lot of the contours and the swirls and the movement. Yeah. And it has this kind of like polar opposition thing going on where it's like, it's definitely not overwhelming, but it like, it captures all of your attention. You just stop and you're just kind of like, dang, but it makes you feel at peace, you know? And those things usually are in different camps. So yeah. Um, yeah. Cause there is so much energy in it. I use a lot of line work in my pieces, which um, lines give a lot of energy in artwork because they're such a direct place for your eye to move um it's not like a flat big shape that's Mm -hmm. doesn't have like a straight pathway um so because they're all created with a lot of lines integrated it it creates a lot of that like movement and energy and repetition in the piece the way i place them and direct your eye around the image yeah well that's so fascinating now that you like just said it in that exact way i'm like thinking of your work and just like that is how my eyes do. Like it'll find a line and then just follow it to its conclusion, which leads me to another line that like leads me to another line. And like, it's like this, you're like surfing the painting as you're observing it, you know, mm-hmm. it's like a, an actual full fledged experience. You know, it's not just like, Oh, that's a picture. I'm going to move on. It's like, you really like enter that space, you know? And I think that probably is why it feels so alive and, um, mm-hmm reminiscent of the actual environment that you painted you know Mm -hmm. well randy this has been wonderful um we're at an hour and 20 minutes 
So is there anything else that you'd like to leave with or leave a note on? Um, is there anything uh, upcoming that you want to plug? Um, any um, last minute advice? Yeah, I guess. Um, I'm not sure about the advice. I think we went for that. I think I guess I can just talk about what I'm doing next so you can look out for that. Um, so I, like we talked about or my T-shirts, um, I only have one T-shirt design right now and then a mug coming out. And then I'm continuing to plan on making more different uh, shirts of different places in Michigan. Um, I'm going to have a few more larger pieces I'm working on right now. And then throughout the winter, I'm planning on making a lot of paintings from our Porcupine Mountains Pictured Rocks trip. So I guess if you want to just um, keep updated on that, I have a newsletter too on my website, randyfordart.com, where you can sign up and stay updated with my work. So I send out um, sometimes bi-weekly or just whenever things are happening. Um, but I try to keep it more like bi-weekly, but I just update on my new paintings and new things that are happening. So if you'd like to join that, we can stay connected and you can see the creations I make. Wonderful. So you have the website, Randy Ford Art, Randy with R-I, or R-A-N-D-I, not Y, um, Ford, F-O-R-D dot com right? Yes. Yep. Yep. And there is a different Randy Ford artist out there, but it's a man and he does have a Y. So if you do put the Y, I will go to someone else's work, but his work is much different than mine. It's, um, like very, it's realism. So, and he paints like objects, objects and stuff. So it's, yes, it's Randy with an I. So, okay. You guys should arm wrestle for the ultimate Randy Ford um, title. (laughs) Yeah. That would be a good idea. Um, it, can people find you on other social media platforms? I mean, you have a Facebook page. I think you have Instagram. Yep. Yeah, I have Facebook and Instagram. So it's just on Facebook and Instagram, it's Randy Ford Flow Paintings. Um, cool. And all those links will be in the description as well for you guys to, you know, mm-hmm. give it a peep. Well, all right, Randy, I will let you get back to your day. And I know those cats are <laughs> wanting your attention because, you know, that's what they do. Um, so thank you so much. Much love. I appreciate you. You're one of my favorite humans. So thank you for doing this with me. Thank you. You're one of my favorite humans too. Woo. Woo. All right. <laughs> we'll catch you next time. All right, friends, that was the episode. Thank you for listening and giving me some of your time to share voices that have inspired me and continue to inspire me. I appreciate your awareness and your presence. And as we go forward, I promise to continue sharpening my skills as podcaster and my ability to deliver you the best possible show that I know is possible in my heart. Um, Yeah, so like I may have said in prior episodes, I do have a fully fleshed out roster, including humans from all walks of life representing all the different things. And I know that over time, you maybe start to get a solid picture of what it is I'm trying to build here. And um, yeah, I hope that it inspires you as much as it's already been inspiring me. So uh, with that said, I'm signing off. I will see you next week at the same time, Wednesday, 11 a.m. or whenever you listen to your podcast. All right. Have a great week, y'all.